they're always learning, so we're always training. And I think when we adopt that mentality and that mindset, training happens with virtually no effort. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, another episode here today. We're going to do it um, based on some Facebook questions. And as you can tell, kind of from my this way it sounds here, I've got a little bit of a, I don't know if I call it a cold or what I had, but I've been... Uh, I've been ailing a bit, um, but feeling better now, and and uh, I actually feel a lot better than I sound probably. So I'm going to get into it, so I apologize for the kind of raspy voice. I've been singing a lot lately to Lillian. She really likes this voice when I sing to her, so pretending to be a, a bit more of a, um, I don't know, I, kinda, I feel like I kind of sound like, I don't know, some of those country guys that have kind of deep voices, so it's kind of a big moment for me. You're but giving yourself too much credit. Well... You don't hear me in the shower, big fella. So here we go. We're going to jump right in. This is a quick question um, that came in, and I might actually cover a couple questions in this podcast because uh, I don't think they're real long and in-depth, little short, um, quick hitters here. But this came from uh, a gal named Sandy. She, she said, hey, I know you get a ton of questions. Love listening to the podcast. I have some of the same problems as the other people, which is exactly why we do this. So... Um, she said, I was trying to find one that you may talk about how to get the eye, good eye contact from a dog. Everything I seem to find out on the website says to use on the webs using treats. I tried it with one dog giving them a treat when they made eye contact, but they only did it when they, when we did that drill and not when we were healing. My dogs are starting to heal, sit, come and stay good, but I do not get notice much eye contact from them. They are between the ages of six months and two years old in our labs. Thanks for all the help you give us. So in general, I think I, I kind of want to, we'll talk about this one a little more specific and then a little more in general. <clears throat> I do think that, I really think you're winning when you get eye contact. I think when the puppies look to us, when they look at us, I call it, you know, making their eye, making that eye contact happen. I really think it's, uh, the reason for it is, I think they have a lot of respect for us. Um, they're looking at us, I think, kind of on a leader, like from a leadership standpoint, they're looking for that leader and they're looking for us. And I think you can really um, communicate a lot with your eyes to the dog. I think, you know, one of the things that I've noticed because I, I've watched some of the stuff, the guys are getting a lot, we're doing a lot of editing and we're putting, we're, we've got some pretty cool plans, I think, right now with a few things that are coming up regarding our website and just sharing the, I think the ability to share more content. And so these guys have been editing a lot more. Hasn't always been, hasn't been posting necessarily because we're kind of stockpiling some of it, but um, for a couple of different projects and I'm not exactly sure how we're going to bring them to you yet, but we're working on the best way to do it. But one of the things I've noticed because I've had to watch some of them, I've watched probably more of them than, and I don't watch a lot of them, but I've watched more of them recently than, than I have in the past, let's say. Um, and partially because we've got some new guys on the team and I'm checking, watching some of their, some of the work that they're doing uh, from an editing standpoint. And that's giving me a chance to kind of reflect on some of the footage that we film. I got pretty comfortable with Ben as Wonder Boy kind of got settled in. He, I kind of let him go with filming and editing. I've just developed this trust, this confidence in what he's doing. Um, Maybe I should check it every once in a while, and once in a while I do, but 
I got comfortable with it. So now I'm watching some of the stuff that the new guys are doing. And one of the things that I've noticed is I talk a lot more than I probably think I should. Um, most of the time I would say, and the reason I am pretty confident that this is the, the case is when I don't, when I'm training without Ben or without Logan or without whoever it might be there with a the camera or even myself with a phone. Like if I'm training without the phone, not trying to create some type of information to share with you, virtually no conversation takes place. Like there's very little audible. Um, I had another question from a guy recently that talked about the whistle and he wanted to know, what are you using that whistle for? It seems like you use it quite a bit. And in my answer to him, I said, it's a primary way for me to communicate with the dogs when I'm working them. And so this weekend I was up north working the dogs and I, I was probably working them for about 45 minutes, maybe an hour. And I don't know that we used more than, and I actually had forgotten my whistle. So when I went out, I was like, oh man, I don't have the whistle. So I was a little concerned with it because I was like, I might have to communicate more verbally to him. And then when I got into it, I recognized pretty quickly, like I didn't even talk, I didn't hardly talk to him. So the communication is very important, but I think the majority of it is going to be nonverbal. And so part of it is eyes. Now, some of it is some tone stuff too. So it's not really like talking words, but I'm using little things and you guys have heard me. Come ah, 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 ah. on, come on, come on, come on. I make some different noises that dogs respond to. Uh, it is communication. It's not necessarily language. So, but the one thing that I, when I say language, I mean like literal words. What I do think is really loud is body language. And it's not audible, but it's it speaks. And so eyes are part of that. And one of the things that I think is a is symbolic of like, your ability to communicate with the dog is whether or not they do give you eyes. And I watched, I mentioned it. Um, I posted a video of Mason, my son with chief the other day, he was walking him. I posted it on Instagram and I think I put it on our stories. And one of the things that I said was I see good eye contact. Now Mason is a little verbal. He's a little talky. Um, and so I watched it and I had a bunch of people say, boy, he sounds a lot like you. And he does. And so one of the things I'm going to talk with him about is, don't rely so heavily on communicating verbally with that pup. Get the eyes, make it be body language, and be quiet more often than not. And so, again, this is all just going back to the importance of having the eyes. Now, how do you get them? Sandy mentioned something about she, everything she's seen on the website or on the, on the web, internet, says use treats. And I've talked about this a little bit as well. I don't like the idea of a lot of the stuff I see that's so heavily treat training and we're not going to get into a treat training conversation, but I don't like the idea of seeing such heavily um, promoted treat training, especially with little puppies. The reason it looks good and it does, it looks really good and it looks like people are accomplishing a ton. The reason is a lot of times is because, you know, I say bribing, you are kind of bribing, like you've got the dog's attention, that's for sure. But if you take away the reason that the dog has the attention on you, which is the food, which is the treats, then I say, that's not really training. I get it. People are gonna say, well, we're shaping behavior. I understand that. But it's a false message, I think, to a lot of people. You're getting good eye contact, but are you getting good eye contact? Or are you getting dogs to look up at your hand that has a piece of food in it? So 
I want dogs to actually look at me because I want them to do stuff because I asked them to. And maybe I asked them to by some body language. Maybe I asked them to with some type of verbal cue. But whatever it is, I, me, am the one who's communicating it with them. So I don't know that they have to be staring at my eyes, but I do think they have a tendency to look up at us. Because I've looked at, I've had stare downs with dogs. Dogs communicate with their eyes. So I've had some dogs that test me. Um, You know, everybody does. And so I've won a lot of those battles. I don't lose very many battles to dogs when it comes to testing. And it doesn't mean that it's because I'm bigger and stronger and I'm, you know, tough on them. It means I just don't back down to certain things. And so if a dog stares me down, you know, we had we had Arrow here for a while, and Arrow is a pretty intimidating dog. Um, Shepherd Malinois mix. Intimidating to a lot of people just because of the way she looks. And she will look at me. There were several times where she would look at me. And I think there's a lot of people that, if they didn't know any better, they would get that those eyes from her. And I read it as she's looking for for direction where some people have that dog look at them and they look away because they don't want to make eye contact with the dog well all that is doing is telling the dog you're the boss what do you want me to do like so i look at dogs sometimes and i want them to look at me but i don't want them staring at me because if they're staring at me i'm taking that as a message from them of you're going to look away first who's going to look away first and i don't look away first So I might intensify my stare back at a dog that's staring at me and all of a sudden they look away and I might mumble very softly, good, good. So they look away and they go, I'm not challenging him because that is part, that is, that is challenging. So the eyes, I like dogs checking back to me, but I like them checking back to me for the right reasons. And that is to find out what should we do next? So, you know, you're talking about your dog here at six months to two years old, I don't know how many dogs exactly you have, but this was a question I had, it kind of piggybacks off of yours, Sandy, is someone asked me about, it was about heel work and it was about something about changing directions. And first off, they had a really young puppy, um, nine weeks old, I think, and they were just, I think they were a little early for it, um, but for what they were asking me specifically with heel work, but I think that a lot of times, and I think it actually might have been a YouTube question that I saw, but somebody said something about how you get the dogs to look at you with with this heel work stuff. And because in the video, the dog was doing it pretty well. And the real, really the answer is not tempt them with treats. It's change direction. So when they're not looking at me, they're not paying attention. And a lot of times the issue that comes up is the dog ends up getting out too far in front of us. Because they're looking out in front, they're swinging their heads to the left and the right. They're not paying attention to me. So if they're looking, let's say we're walking forward, and they're looking forward, and then they're swinging their head to the left, away from me, because I'm healing the dog on the left-hand side, so envision this. I'm walking down the road, dog's on the left-hand side of me, dog's facing forward, dog swings his head to the left to look out at a distance, and all of a sudden, I decide we need to turn. So I forgot something, I got to go back, or I turn to the right. Well, if the dog's looking the opposite way, they are likely going to drift out beyond the position that they need to be in. Because remember, heel work, heel is nothing more than position. Like being in heel means you're on the left-hand side of me with your your head kind of about my knee or thigh, depending on how tall the dog is. 
So that's the position. They're between their shoulder and their ear should be in between, my leg should be in between it. So it's just being in position. So if I turn and I go the other way and they're looking to the opposite direction, what's going to happen? They're going to get corrected. I'm going to have that lead on and I give them a little correction with the lead. And so what they, the reason they start, I think, the way I get their eyes is a lot of good heel work and it's because I change directions often. And if they're not giving me good eyes, they get corrected. And very quickly, I think they learn to understand if I'm paying attention to him and I turn when he turns, because he's going to turn. So every once in a while he turns, so I better pay close attention. And when he turns, I got to turn with him. And if I turn with him, it doesn't, I don't feel anything. In fact, he tells me good. He likes it when I do that. So there again, we're working towards the idea of the pressure if they do it wrong, but the praise if they do it right. That's really important. So now all of a sudden the dog starts to like tune in with me to say, I'm dancing with you. Like dancing partners look at them, look at their partner a lot. They don't, but when they get really good, they don't have to constantly be staring at each other. They kind of get developed this comfort level and feel. But when they first start out, they should give each other very good eye contact because it's easier for them to be able to sync their movements. So Sandy, I think the key to me getting good eyes, a lot of it comes from heel work and getting very good at that changing of directions and getting to the point where the dog, and that goes, that's on lead to start out with. Ultimately, my goal is to be off lead. I don't want to have to have leads. I, I've had this question recently by a couple people. They said, how come your dogs never wear collars? Not, not shock collars, but never like, never even a collar. And, I, and it is a personal thing. I don't think they look, I think they look better without collars. Like I like the look of a dog when it's natural. So I really like the dog without the collar, the look of it. I also don't like the idea of it wearing a flat collar in the woods because I think they get caught on stuff. I've seen it plenty of times. I can tell lots of stories about it. So that's why I don't do it. So my goal is to ultimately have the dog heel in good heel position without even having a lead on. So that's that's the idea. And that's, you know, we, we it takes time to get there. It doesn't happen immediately. Your eye, I wouldn't recommend getting good eye contact trying to work a dog off lead that isn't good on lead. Obviously, there's there's these steps that have to take place. So that, that, that chain, that big long chain needs to have all the links. And so the very, you know, towards the end of that chain is when we are able to do a lot of the stuff that we're working on skill-wise off lead. And that is my goal. And then the eyes come into, the, the value of the eyes comes into play like we're a week away from hunting season. So Callie, that little dog that I had for quite a, quite a few months, I had her for about seven months. She went home for about a month. Now she's back. We're going to take her and we're going to be bird hunting with her. We're going to hunt grouse with her. Um, really excited for it. She needs it. She needs to get on some wild birds. Um, so I'm real excited about it. But the eye contact is important at heel for sure. But it's also important when she gets out into working in within range. Like that's, a, that's eye contact as well. It's just at a distance. Like checking back in. Uh, stopping, get to a certain distance, stop, check back. Maybe I recall her back, maybe I don't, maybe I say, okay, let's go. But that's part of, that's an extension of eye contact. So I think when we walk, you know, there's, you talk about sitting, sitting, um, staying, you're getting good at that. Those are all places where eye contact will get better. 
as you, and I think what you'll see, Sandy, is it will get better as their performance gets better and their performance gets better as it gets better. It's kind of like a one, one hand washing the other there. It's like they both get better together. And if one isn't very good, the other probably isn't very good either. It's kind of a, they're synced, they're linked and synced together. And so remote sits, we can put them on remote sit and then don't put a dog on a remote sit. Like that's a drill. So don't put them on a remote sit and then forget about them because they know you forgot about them. And so their attention, why would they pay attention to you if you're not paying attention to them? I definitely think they sense that. So at times I was watching, um, I actually watched a guy, there's a guy I follow on Instagram. He's a gun dog guy over in the UK and he's he's got some really nice stuff. Slingly, Slingly Gun Dogs, I think it's called. And so he had these dogs that were healing, three dogs off lead healing down the road, really nice. Um, and I was thinking about this question for the podcast and I watched this guy's video and I thought there, I can reference that he was walking down with the dogs and they started to, the two outer dogs started to drift a bit. The one that was closest to him was really tight and really in a good position. The other two started to drift out in front a little bit. Well, that makes sense. They're out a little ways. There's, they're a little more distance They're They're broken by the connection is broken by the dog that's in between them. So they started to have a tendency to kind of drift forward. So I noticed, he didn't say anything, but I noticed he slowed down his pace and he scuffed his feet a little bit, kind of dragged his feet, made a little funny noise on the ground. And the dogs responded really quickly to it. They looked real quick. So he purposely did it. Now he didn't say it. And this is why I talk a lot when I'm training. Because like I got value out of his video there because I was like, boy, see how that dog responded to that. But if you weren't looking for it, how would you know it? You probably missed the fact that he changed his pace or his cadence just slightly and he scuffed his feet a little bit. And that res- that made the two outer dogs respond and they, they adjusted themselves. They corrected themselves and got back into better position. So buddy of mine that, I, that I'm helping train his dog here locally, he's a friend of mine. I talked with him about it not too long ago. He said, when you put the dog on a remote sit and you start to walk around and do things, get his attention once in a while, just scuff, scuff your feet. Like, drag your heels. It makes a funny noise on the gravel, and the dog looks. And then when he looks, good. Remind him it's good. So you regain their focus. You get their attention back. So I think you got to do that from time to time. Um, those are all ways, but you've got a six-month, they're ranging from six months to two years old. So I think you also got to remember is that takes time. And it takes the though the improvement you got to continually be improving and as you improve it will improve so i probably went a little long on that eye contact one um but i do think it's really important and i think i'm actually going to just make this one episode by itself it's a quick one it's a short one but i think it's an important one and i think it's something that everyone should be working towards improving and so focus on that improve on your pups your dog's eye contact i also think that this you know, if you're, if you're real, if they're really little and you're wondering, well, how the hell do I do this with a, I got a 10 week old, I got an eight week old, I got a 12 week old, whatever you got. Even if you got little ones, you just got to look at it this way. Everything I talk about with these older dogs, just scale it down and simplify the situations. You should do the same thing. You just got to scale it down and simplify it. So how do you do that? Well, feeding times, you can get good eye contact for feeding times because the, now that's kind of like treat training. You're using the idea of the value of the food with that young puppy for sure, but you're going to feed them anyway. 
So in that situation, why not get something extra out of that feeding time? So gain that, gain that eye contact when they're really little that way. And then start to add on to it outside of those feeding area, feeding times. And, and in everything we do, and I mean this literally, like almost everything we do with the dog, if the dog is with us, I think your mindset has to start thinking about what could I do in this situation to improve it? The dog. How could I work something into this to bring value to the dog? It's, it goes back to the idea of they're always learning, so we're always training. And I think when we adopt that mentality and that mindset, training happens with virtually no effort. It happens, your results become a lot better and quicker because you're just, by, you're more consistent without even trying. Like, you're, you're not necessarily like looking at it as, I'm always training. I got to set time aside and focus on the training. You just realize I'm always training. I got to go about life. I got to go about living life and realize I should always keep in mind what can I do to gain something out of this for training. I think that's a real better way of growing habits. Um, I think it can be done with everything in your life. I think the dogs are, are a key example of that. So that's it. A quick, relatively quick one. Um, great question, Sandy. I'm going to send you an email, let you know. Um, to look for that. Um, I see here you also asked me. Here, let's do this quick. You all you asked, am I doing any speaking in Minnesota or Wisconsin? I did a couple this year already. We don't have any on the on the um, schedule at this point. And then I thought I see I'm scrolling back here and I realized I missed a question from you. It said, You're thinking about using a harness for your deer for deer recovery. She pulls when you're on the lead. Should I stay with the thick collar or go with the harness? Do you have a collar or harness that you would recommend? I totally think it's a good idea if you're going to do harness. Harnesses are made for pulling. So I'm kind of getting off track here. But uh, I think for tracking, harnesses are great options. I think it's like a change of clothes for the dog. It's like putting on their, their uniform to go track. I wouldn't recommend harnesses for heel work. I, I think they're the worst thing in the world. They're built to pull. That's what it distributes the weight across the dog's shoulders. It, like harnesses are made to make it more comfortable for pulling. So those who are walking their dogs, healing their dogs on harnesses, thinking they're doing them a favor, I think you're not doing them a favor. I don't like the idea of it. Um, remember, and for those who are going to say, yeah, well, you pull on their neck so hard. My goal is to not use a lead. Keep that in mind. No lead. I want zero pressure. In order to gain zero pressure, I have to put some pressure on when the dog is out of position so that they understand what not to do and when they're in position, what they should do. So there is a need for both the pressure and the praise part of it. So I hope that answers your question, Sandy. I'll send you an email and let you know that we talked about it. Um, appreciate your support. Appreciate you guys listening. If you would do me one favor um, with our with our podcast, Leave us a review, whatever, whatever your, I don't like asking stuff, but I have been asking and I'm kind of like a broken record with this. The best way for us to grow our following as far as the podcast goes is because of the way podcasts are set up is to have it be exposed to more people. Uh, the, the more reviews, the more, um, feedback we get from it, the easier it is for whatever platform you're listening to it on to be able to share it to the right people. 
Um, so I first off, I appreciate it greatly. Ben's Wonder Boy is appreciate, appreciating it greatly as well. We're working really hard and trying to do our best um, to continue to provide as much information in as many ways as possible. And the podcast is one that we're pretty excited about. So do me that favor if you would. Take 30 seconds, even if it's just hitting a review as far as the stars and a quick review of what you liked about it. Um, it would it would mean a lot to us, and we really appreciate those who have done it. I have seen an uptick in it. I look on our Apple ones quite often because that's where I listen to podcasts. So thank you guys so much for doing that. That means an awful lot. Uh, we'll keep doing these. We appreciate the support and all of our other aspects as well. So thank you guys. Good luck as fall rolls in here. We've got some hunting seasons coming up. So looking forward to sharing some of our stuff as that comes in um, and looking forward to hearing some back from you guys as well. So keep sharing it. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.